on. Let me hit record. All right, we are recording. Okie dokie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Well, I want to get straight into it. For those who may not know, just give a quick synopsis of, of who you are, what you do. Just break it down for us. Okay, my name is Wayne Slappy. And I didn't always live out here in Southern California. I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, in the bricks. Oh, in the I didn't place. know that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And fortunately for me, you know, basketball helped me to get do a little something, something, meet a mm -hmm. few people, travel around the world a little bit, and, uh, you know, find myself a little bit. Um, the reason why I decided to move to Los Angeles is because I also write movies. And oh. I've been working on uh, getting ready to make a couple very, very soon. I've been through the Hollywood mm. Shuffle, had some stuff stolen, all yeah. of that. That's, yeah. that's for another conversation. But, <laughs> what, I, but what I did was um, I've used the gift that God has given me to train basketball players for over 46 years. And in that process, I've met some of the most incredible athletes and their families on the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, those blessings, you know, have, have helped me to, to stay safe, sane and and uh, and do OK for myself. Yeah, I love that. So when did you <laughs> when did you realize you had a, a passion not only for basketball, but but the coaching aspect of it? Wow. I can tell you what's crazy is I think all my life I've been. Well, first of all, I'm a PK. Mm -hmm. That means I'm a previous kid. Praise the Lord. Yep. And so, but I knew that I wasn't going to do that pulpit thing. Mm -hmm. And even when I was in college, I was always helping kids, going to basketball camps, working with kids and all that. And then um, when I was in my senior year in college, I hurt my toe really bad. Mm. And I went from being a guy that could touch the top of the box to be a guy that could, you know, couldn't jump that high no more, wasn't yeah. as explosive. And so when I came back to from college, I went one day. I was I was walking around. Uh, I went over by my by, by my high school, and I saw my old basketball coach. He had stopped coaching, mm -hmm. and but he was out there playing racquetball by himself against the wall. So I walked in and said, hey, coach, how you doing? He said, man, I'm good. His daughter at that time was preparing to be a professional tennis player. Okay. And so, so he said to me, what you doing? I said, well, you know, I said the Celtics and the Knicks were looking at me, but coach, I can't jump no more. He said, oh, well, that's okay. You'll be all right. He said, matter of mm -hmm. fact, I want you to apply for the teaching job over here. We got an opening in the phys ed department. Mm -hmm. This is at Weequag High School in Newark, New Jersey. So I applied for the teaching job in July and June. End of June, I got the job in July. Mm -hmm. So then I started teaching in September. He said, Wayne, Floyd Kerr just left. He was the basketball coach that took over. He got a job at Colorado State University. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
why don't you apply for the head coaching job? Now, at that time, my high school was one of the top schools in the country every oh, wow. year. So it was like a lot of pressure, but I said, my ego, my craziness, my self-absorbedness, <laughs> mm -hmm. I said, okay, let me apply for the coaching job. Just go for now, it. I'll go for it. I was 22 years old. I applied for the job in September. Everybody that I knew or knew who I was, you know, from when my playing days in high school and so forth were, oh, yeah, they gave me the job. I was like, what? I got the head coaching mm -hmm. job. I was 22 yeah, years old. Yeah, yeah. So I coached for a while. Uh, I went through some stuff there. Coached for five years at my high school, did, did pretty well, and ended up not coaching. Uh, I wasn't really happy. I was mm -hmm. never happy. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. I was never really happy. Uh, although I loved it, I was never satisfied, put it like that. Right. I'd be temporarily happy after victories and things, but I didn't really get satisfied with never because there was always another game, another tournament, another season, another group of kids to train, another. But so I, for a minute, I stopped. Mm -hmm. And then it, the, the bug never leaves you. Right. So then I got the opportunity to just start training athletes. And, you know, on, you know, and, and, and well, what happened was, sorry, let me back up. I found myself when I started writing started writing and producing and ultimately directing plays. Mm, and wow. that made me satisfied because mm. I could see people being like scared in a movie theater. I mean, in a, in a theater and I didn't even, they don't have any guns. They have no threats. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I could just shake them or I could make them laugh. I could make people cry. Just with my words, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I like this. So that's when I started doing that. I, and I, I got into that. But on, but to keep me balanced, I kept always kept training athletes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Always kept training athletes. So long story short, when I was 28 years old, I got the opportunity to go work at a basketball camp. I was still thinking about doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I got to work at a camp called Five Star. At that time, Five Star was the number one basketball camp in the world. Oh, wow. And I had a chance to coach this kid who was 17 years old from Laney High School in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who he was except for the people down there in Wilmington. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I had him at camp, and I started training him, and I started coaching him. I had Lefty Giselle, son, on my team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I had this mm -hmm. kid named Gary McLean on my team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We only lost a game to this kid named Chris Mullen, who still reminds me that you know, he beat I... me. Chris Mullen beat me at Five Star, and he beat me when I was coaching against his team at Powell Memorial High School in New York. Mm. He will never let me forget that, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he beat me. Shout, out, shout out to St. John's. You know what I mean? 
He beat me because the guy that was on my team was only wearing Chuck Taylor Converse's. They mm. got old, and he will tell you one day on the blog, I'm telling you, his, he started having blisters on the bottom of both of his feet. <laughs> and he couldn't run and jump and do everything he could do that I wanted him to do that game. And that's the only reason why Chris That's the only that. reason, right? Yeah, because guess who that was? That 17-year-old boy was. He was a kid that Dan Smith said, hold up. I'm not letting Syracuse and any of them other schools is trying to get him Maryland and all them other schools. Y'all, no, no, Dan, you can't have him. All those coaches, no, no. I'm fine up there and make sure that he comes to North Carolina. He went to North Carolina. They didn't put that boy on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's okay. He was a mm -hmm. freshman. He still helped him win the national championship. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. He still moved on and went into the Chicago Bulls and wore number 23 and made everybody go, you know, y'all going to notice me. And, yeah, he was right when he said I was the best player he ever saw in high school. And nobody believed him. Because I was telling everybody, Michael Jordan is the best kid I ever seen play. They were like, get out of here. Ain't nobody that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been blessed. You know, I've been blessed. And, you know, I, I've, over, my, over the course of time, I've had a whole bunch of players. And it, it just keeps you encouraged, you know, keeps me around the game, keeps me sane, and, you know, makes me happy. Because I yeah. like watching them go on, you, like, you know? Yeah, you see, you've seen them grow from yes. the very beginning. And it's the a lot beginning. of different players that, that you've had interactions with and, and coached yes. and been a part of their journey. So yes. that's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. Some of it's, some of it's wonderful. Some of us got two-edged swords, like, you know, yeah. one of them is, unfortunately, is Kobe Bryant, you know? Yeah, um, I don't even know, I don't one, even know one. how to start asking you about just, you know, Kobe, your relationship to the Bryant family, like, can, can we take it all the way to the beginning? Like, let's go back. I got time today. <laughs> so... My relationship with Jelly goes back a long, long time, you know. And for those to, who don't know, Jelly, that's it's Kobe's father. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who actually um, played in the same era of my dad, so. Yeah, and played on the sixes and all that. Um, and should have been, to me, in my opinion, he could have been one of the greatest players ever. He just was before his time. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't supposed to be handling the ball like that shaking people and doing all that when you're taller than 6'6", six, six, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're supposed to get that rebound, take two dribbles, kick it out to the guard on the foot of fast break, run down the floor, and wait for the ball to come back to you. <laughs> you know? And Jelly was a little bit more advanced than that. He had a lot more than that, you know? Mm -hmm. He got that name Jelly because, you know, he, he, he shake. He shook mm -hmm. more than jam, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... He, he, you know, anyway, long story short, ultimately, um, Jelly came out here with, with, his, with Kobe when Kobe was only 17, and I was out here. Right. That's when, that's when that relationship really with Kobe really developed, you know what I mean? And uh, the family. And what did you see in Kobe Bryant at, at 17? 
Now you're going to get me really emotional, so. I'm sorry. Got on sunglasses. I'm sorry. No, you ain't. Don't be sorry. It's, it's, you, Tiara, don't be sorry. You got a crown on your head for a reason. And Kobe came <clears throat> to this planet for a reason. And you see a kid who's, <clears throat> the best way I can describe Kobe is like, is one of the words, it's one of the times Jelly said, he's a, he's a basketball nerd. Mm-hmm. that's somebody who's going to study the game, who's going to be a master of the game. And the thing is, you see, a family. You know, <laughs> you see his older sisters. You know, he's the baby. He the man. You see his mama. You see his daddy. And you see why he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. He's grounded. He got talent, yeah. He got a passion. You can't you can't buy that. You can't right. you can't teach that. You can't make that. It's gotta be inside that kid. Mm-hmm. And that's Kobe. And I, I seen him, you know, go up against I don't care who it was, you know what I mean? He still got that fire. That East Coast fire. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can't you can't reproduce that nowhere either. You know, that that Philly, Jersey, New York, D.C. basketball intellect. Yeah. Learn that hunger that you learn from the playgrounds, that, that you learn playing one-on-one against anybody, don't matter who you are. You know, your name is just a name until you play against me kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And when you play against me, you better go to sleep that night before because... We, I'm gonna bring it. I'm coming. You know? Yeah, I'm coming. And uh, and then when you add that passion <clears throat> to the footwork you learn from a kid, um, from his dad, you know, playing, making him play soccer, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 being in a foreign place where yeah, he was so cultured. He knew different languages. He was like a sponge all- to everything around him. People don't understand, he, you know, he went to an international school and saw kids from all around the world. So it fits that up kids from all around the world, you mm-hmm. know, fall in love with him. You know what I mean? It, it, mm-hmm. it fits. So, because um, he was an international kid, a lot of people don't understand that about him. You know, when he first came, you know, you, you got a kid who's cultured and articulate and, you know, lovable, you know, and people's jealous. Like, like, where's the street cred at? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be a certain stereotype, but not ain't Kobe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He never fit. He never fit anybody's anybody's stereotype at all. So, you know, fortunately, I became really tight with tight with his dad. And, you know, when that accident happened, man, I was so sick. I couldn't believe it. I was training some kids in the morning, and Sky looked a little weird. You know. Yeah. It looked weird. It was an eerie. It was an eerie day from the beginning. Eerie, eerie, eerie day. I'm telling you. And I was up in the Palisades, not far from where, is, where they used to live at it. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. um, when I left, you know, I kept getting all these text messages. You know, like, man, Kobe, this Kobe, that. I was like, well, I, I was driving, so I couldn't look at him. So then I pulled over at the next spot I was going to train at, and then I got a call from Philly. Mm-hmm. Yo. 
You hear what happened to Kobe? Is that true? Is that true? I was like, what are you talking about? It said TMZ said he was in an accident. I was like, what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'll call you back. So I called Jelly. <clears throat> he answered the phone. Mm -hmm. I hung up. So I started checking my phone. I started checking social media. And every single thing was like Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, accidents, helicopter. Da -da. First, they had all these rumors, you know. Right. Who, who was in there with him, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I kept on searching, then I and I just I just said, look, I'm a, let me go home. I have I've been in St. Louis right before that, and, and uh, flew back. I was in St. Louis on Wednesday. Flew back Saturday night, and uh, started training these kids. So let me go get. I was in an airplane. Let me go get some um, airborne from start from from uh, Costco. Mm -hmm. I went to Costco, and I got in the parking lot, man. It just hit me that Kobe's gone. Like, yeah. I like, man. I, I like. I cried. I cried for an hour in the parking mm -hmm. lot. It was so surreal. Yeah. Like, you want me to come get you? I'll be at, I'm gonna get to get, I'm get myself together and uh, I'll be there shortly. And so <clears throat> I went inside, got my airborne. I ain't getting nothing else. And I didn't want to, you know, I just got my stuff and left, came home. And I didn't watch. I mean, I binge watched. I didn't sleep. All I did was watch, mm -hmm. try to find out what happened. Well, yeah, your video went out a little bit. I want people to be able to see you. Oh, sorry. There we Get go. my camera back. Am I back? You back. Okay. It's probably good anyway, because it gives me a chance to get myself together. So anyway, as I was saying, I uh, went to Costco, sat in the parking lot for a while, cried for an hour. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, I well cried too. I was like, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, like really like, whoa. Under, like, understandably, you know? I think yeah. we all cried. Those who, yeah. you know, didn't a, know him but uh, felt the impact. I don't think it's anybody who didn't feel that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So then I came home and I started binge watching everything about the accident that I could find. I went mm. from station to station to station to station. Of course, I was getting phone calls from everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I even got a phone call from... Uh, I got newspaper reporters calling me. I got TV people calling me, you know, family members, everybody calling me. And uh, so I didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sleep. So next morning, I don't know if you know who Festus Ezeli is. Festus Ezeli used to play for the Golden State Warriors. He helped them win their first championship. Big boy, about 6'11", from Africa. I had met him when he was like 15, 16 years old, somewhere in there, and I taught him a couple of things. So I was training him that morning, and we went in the gym, and we started, as soon as we saw each other, we started, we hugged each other, and we started exchanging Kobe Bryant stories, crying. Mm. And uh, then we went to work. And as we were working out, you know, I got a little dizzy. And so I, uh, <clears throat> actually I passed out, I think. And, oh. 
they called the, the paramedics for me. Mm. And they came and they checked me out, woke up, you know, before they got there, sat down and they got there. And uh, they, they, they checked me out and everything. They said, hey man, you need to go to the, probably should go, we can't do everything, but you should probably go to the hospital. Mm. Like, all right, I'll go. As soon as they got ready to leave, I said, okay, Fester, let's get back to work. Mm-hmm. Fester's like, what you talking about, man? I said, man, we got work to do. So he said, you got I said, look, man, let's go to work. I'll get, I'll go get checked out. Don't worry about it. But we finished our workout. He was like, man, that mom mentality crazy. As a matter of yeah. fact, there's another uh, kid down the other end. Michael Ojo was down the other end training by himself. He was actually crying and sitting mm-hmm. there just weary. I said, come on, Mike, come on down here, man. Work out with us. So Mike came down. I had trained him when he was a young boy, too, in high school. He was playing professionally overseas. And uh, so he came down, and I had him do some drills together. And, you know, we left, you know, feeling better about it, everything. Yeah. And But I went home, and I was like, man, I probably dehydrated. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. Let me, let me eat something. I ate something went to sleep. Woke up the next day. Walked in the gym, to train festivals again next morning. And uh, he's like, Coach, you didn't go to the hospital, did you? You didn't get checked. I said, nah, but I mm-hmm. promise I'm going to go today. Mm-hmm. So I had an interview uh, that morning with uh, CBS. They came to my house that, that afternoon, excuse me. Oh, no, early that, late that morning, whatever it was. And... Uh, they interviewed me and I told my son, come get me, let's go. I'm on, I'm on this time with my son. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, and my mind was like, I need to spend time with my son. So I said, Wayne, you know, we gonna, um, let's go to the, let's go to the urgent care over here. You know, I told him a little bit what happened the day before. He said, okay, dad, he said, okay. So he took me. And when they check me even more thoroughly, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay. So it looked like you need to go to the hospital because we can't mm-hmm. do enough. We, we see something, but we can't, wow. we don't know what it is. Yeah. I was like, oh man. Okay. So I, so I, so I said, man, what hospital am I? I said, oh, I'm going to go to UCLA hospital, which is a good decision. So mm-hmm. I went up there, Mercy Ward was crowded. Mm. So many people in there, it was crazy. But on my way, I called this guy, a friend of mine, because I heard he was in the hospital at UCLA. I was like, oh, I'll go see him when I finish my little examination. Well, he had worked at UCLA. He was a doctor. And he said, well, look, man, when you get here, tell him blah, 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 blah. And, you know, <laughs> I got to the hospital. And the emergency board was so crowded. There was only one seat open. Mm. Two seats that were right next to this one person who's laying across the chair with his feet across the chair and a towel over his head. Mm. And I was, I was surprised people were standing around while nobody sitting there. So right. me and my we go sit down and I realized I'm sitting next to a homeless person. <laughs> they, were smelling, they were smelling so bad. It was crazy. So let me go back up and tell this cashier person, not the receptionist, excuse me. I said, let me go tell him um, what, you know, I should have said the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So before I could get back to my seat, 
Wayne Slappy. <laughs> Please report. Da -da 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 -da. You know, I got put in the back, taken to the back, got mm -hmm. a room. All of a sudden, these doctors had a team of doctors looking at me. Long story short, that was on a that was on Tuesday. Kobe's accident happened on Saturday. That was on Tuesday. Team of doctors came and said, we're gonna have to have an operation on you. They operated me on on, on me on, on Wednesday. I told the doctor, I said, look, man, I don't know what's gonna happen, but if they have services for Kobe over the weekend, I'm coming out of here. Mm -hmm. He's like, don't worry, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. Long story short, the operator had I had blood clots in my lungs. Wow, wow! I could have been. And, and and did they say that that came from the stress? It, they don't know what it was coming from altogether. But I had flown in the airplane the day before. They don't know if it came from a, a, a my thigh. They didn't know. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, they they put. It gave it had a special operation. It was the first time it was ever done uh west of the Mississippi ever. Wow, wow. By a special surgeon, the only one in the hospital that could have done this operation. Mm. And look uh, at God. Look at God. <laughs> so I had told him, I said, oh, so when I got ready to go in the operating room, right? I like closed my eyes. And I saw Kobe and Gigi, right? Mm. They were smiling at me like, you're going to be all right. I can see Kobe, you're going to be all right, man. And so I was like, okay. So I went in and I was on the operating table. Oh, let me tell you this part. So I'm on the table. They didn't, they didn't knock me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm awake. Wow. I can feel everything. Mm. They gave me some kind of, I don't know what they gave me, some kind of, Something that was supposed to make me loopy or whatever, but I wasn't loopy. Mm, the whole present. time, yeah. I hummed spirituals and uh, contemporary gospel songs. I even made one up while I was doing it mm -hmm. because I could feel digging and digging and digging and digging, you know, mm, working and working and working, mm, you know, and uh, <laughs> the whole time. I was supposed to be in there for like maybe three hours. But I was only there a little, maybe an hour. I don't remember the length of time, but it wasn't that long. And, you know, they was rolling me out of there. And doctor said, uh, I'll come up and see you a little while. So I had this big thing on my neck, you know. <laughs> yeah, big old bandage and some 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 catheters and things. And I had all this stuff. And, and uh, anyway, I... I I said I'm gonna have to get out of here if there's, if, if 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 something you know if they have service right. or something we can, and thank God they didn't. But long story short, um, Saturday came. They're like, well, you know, you're not gonna go home. You know, tomorrow. I was like, okay, I got good news and I got bad news. Which one you want? Mm. I said, well, you're not going home tomorrow. That's the bad news. The good news is you're going home today. Mm. I went home that Saturday. The next day, I called up one of my players. I said, look, man, because my son was busy. I said, look, man, I need to get downtown. 
I need to get to that memorial for Kobe. Right. Out in front of the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. So I said, I said, the coach will come get you. Don't worry about it. So two of them came, picked me up, brought me downtown, act like my little bodyguards. <laughs> 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 so I'm walking around, took pictures and, and video for sent back to Jelly and Pam. You know, and uh, fortunately, the thing wasn't that next that next day. They pushed it back to later right. on the twenty fourth, and uh, you know, I'm here. I'm here, still training athletes. I'm blessed and and uh, grateful. Now, 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 I'm just hoping and praying that this country wakes up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad Kobe don't got to go through this nonsense anymore. Mm-hmm. Some level because he's a human being that care about all human beings. Right. You know, and this country just got to get back to being even better than was, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> uh, because mm-hmm. we have greatness. We can do some things that the rest of the world needs to see and know. And uh, hopefully, when everybody votes the right way, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start marching in that direction again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just, it's a, it's incredible to hear how somebody so close to to the Bryant family can can just share the impact that Kobe had on you personally because I think that sometimes we put um and and, des- and deservingly so Kobe on this pedestal and we forget that he was a, a husband he was a father he's a brother he's a he's a son. he's a son he's a yeah. A grandson. He's a you know. He's a cousin. Grandson. A, you know. <laughs> he's a nephew. He's a cousin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all that. Yeah, all that. You know, and and his sisters. They just as important to his life, as his dad. You know, yeah. Yeah. Sharia. You know, gave him that grounding, to be quiet. There, mm. passed on that. That flamboyance, you know, shares like the mayor. You know, we call her Share the Mayor. She, she could walk in the room, the party don't start to Share get there. You know, she's that kind of. She's a light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they both contributed to helping that boy become the gentleman that he is. You know what I mean? The caring human being cares about his mama. You know, cares about women. You know the way he <laughs> he did. You know. All that went into the mix, his grandmama, you know what I mean? <clears throat> his grandfather, you know, all that, all that made a big difference, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and making Kobe the one and only Kobe. I have a, 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 <laughs> a niece. Her name is Kobe. She just got born. She was oh, like, they named her Kobe. They named her Kobe. Yeah. She bring me joy. So yeah. 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 Kobe, Kobe's had an effect on the world. When I was in China, I was coaching coaches in China. This is back in 2012, 13, somewhere back there. I don't remember. I'm getting old, so I can't remember everything. But <laughs> okay. I, I, was in, I was in Wuhan. Ironically Uh-oh. enough. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, I was in Wuhan and I was standing in the hotel and I looked outside and I saw this. Oh, let me back up. 
So I was coaching coaches. And, and I gave a little lecture, and I talked about Kobe over there that night. <clears throat> I came up the next day, and I looked out my window. I saw this big old basketball sneaker across the street. Mm -hmm. And I had to go out of my hotel, walk down underneath the street, because you can't cross the street it's so big and thick and full of traffic. Walked under the street. There's a mall under the street. I'm like, what? I never seen nothing like that before. Mm. And a full mall under the street while you're walking. Got to the other side, came upstairs. There's a KFC nearby. Mm -hmm. an American store. But I saw all these people when I'm walking. They got Kobe Bryant jerseys on and mm -hmm. Kobe yeah. Bryant sweatshirt, t-shirt. Yeah. Like, man, look at this. Mm -hmm. We're in Wuhan, China. You know, uh, yeah, Kobe had an effect on the world. You know, I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, so yeah, yeah. And and I think that the you know the the silver lining in this year is the fact that the Lakers were able to to bring it on home again. <laughs> Kobe Bryant how how's how's yeah. that how's it like yeah. being out in la and, they, and and talking to to kobe's family and and celebrating bringing it on in and the fact that they was out there wearing 24 and and rooting for kobe the entire and time mm, and two yeah uh you know it's good it's 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 still tough on the bryant family they're, they're very private individuals you know <clears throat> and they have their good days and their bad days you know yeah. what i mean particularly pam you know she I mean she before there was a kobe you know when she was praying about this little being inside her body mm -hmm. is it gonna be a boy or a girl i want to be a boy i got two girls already and this boy comes out who becomes this kobe bryant kid yeah. You can imagine it feels like to lose him like that. Yeah. So she has yeah. a good days and bad days. And, you know, we one time she texted us. She's like, uh, we can't let Jelly and Wayne talk to each other. They won't understand a word they said. They be crying so hard. <laughs> so with that, you know, we have the the humor, mm -hmm. despite the tragedy, you know, mm -hmm. days where we, mm -hmm. we, and we have the days where we just encourage each other like that, you know, with text messages sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, then when we talk to each other, it's like the world lights back up again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, no, it's good. It's it, it, it's it's definitely good, and and they'll they'll be in public whenever they're ready. You know, what I mean, right, right now, they, right, they just need to be with each other. You know, Pam and and Jelly just. And the hard part is, man, it's like, see, see, oh, we left out Kobe's an uncle. Right. Kobe got six, six mm -hmm. pieces. Of, mm -hmm. You know, he he got six, three girls, three boys. If <laughs> 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 I miss him, you know what I mean. And yeah. I, my prayer is that his his daughters get to be so close to their siblings, their their cousins. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If they just they form that same cocoon around each other. Mm -hmm. Don't matter what happens in the world, you know, they got each other. 
Right. You know, they're not looking for nothing from each other but love and respect and success. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's my hope mm -hmm. and my prayer, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, we got Cher over there handling business. Mm -hmm. and she's going to make mm -hmm. sure that happens. <laughs> I, I can tell you <laughs> that, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Cher is a special human being. And Cher might have the next one, baby. Mm -hmm. had a next oh, uh oh, uh oh! You got the inside <laughs> scoop on, on, on something That's we don't I'm know. That's all I'm gonna say right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Matter of fact, he was trying. I remember I was over there one time. <laughs> and the sisters before his younger brother was born. They was like, "Can you whip? Can you nay nay?" I was like, "What are you talking about, Pam?" <laughs> Put the music on. <laughs> then we showed me how and Pam showed me how to whip and name that girl. Mm. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's the Bryant family, you know what I mean? Right, right. And Pam, you know, she needs to be with all her grandkids. Cause she like, how do I describe Pam? This is how you raise a, a Kobe Bryant. Right, right. She's like raising, like raising her, her nieces and nephews and stuff, and her, I mean her grandkids, and she's like a combination of Big Bird, <laughs> your favorite rec direct, recreation director, your favorite art teacher, your dance instructor, and she could cook her butt off, mm, and mm -hmm. she's funny. Mm. But it's that commitment to excellence, you know. That's oh yeah. Oh, you yeah, know? she's a nurturer. That mamba mentality. Be great. Don't be good. Be hear. great. Oh, yeah, no, no. Good ain't good enough. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're doing, good ain't good enough. You know what I mean? And, and have fun while you're doing it. Right. <laughs> you know? That's Pam. And, and, and then just be quiet and humble. That's Pam. She don't, mm -hmm. You're never going to see her on the interview, her talking. That ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I can mm -hmm. tell you stories, though. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you one story. I'll tell you one story. So I was in uh I was in Orlando. I was with Dwight Howard. Okay. And uh uh Bob Lanier. We was in the trailer. We were working on a commercial for uh for uh Gatorade, right? Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes comes into the trailer. I was on the happened to be on the phone talking to Jelly Bean. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. said, Jelly, you ain't believe we just came with this trailer. Oh, uh, yeah. Matt Barnes. He said, he said give him the phone. <laughs> I said, uh oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gave Matt Barnes the phone, just what Jelly said. He, he said, you better be glad you're all the way down in Orlando. Uh oh. Because if Pam ever sees you, mm. don't be walking what? past no alley where you what put Matt, that what, what Matt done did? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that game. He put that ball in Kobe's face like he's going to hit him with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a mama bear popped out. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, mama bear was ready, you know. Woo, he better be glad he was. Well, she would have came out the bleachers on that boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing being, a, you know, having them as fan, as friends, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. And I'm blessed and, and blessed and blessed and blessed that that happens, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah.
That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for just taking the time to talk and to share. And I guess last thing, last thing that I really want to ask you is for, for the future of, of sports and, and basketball and, and what you see in all of the, the players that you're out here coaching, what will separate them? And what can you give in terms of advice that's beyond just being good at, at shooting and good at showing up to workouts, but what can really separate them to get to that next level? Make people understand you're more than a basketball player, like Kobe did. Mm -hmm. You're not just a dumb physical jock that can run up mm -hmm. and down and jump. It's, you know, do things like, Another one of my guys, Russell Westbrook, made me so proud. You yeah. know, they were down in that bubble, families, all the months, listen to the media yell and scream at him, talking about, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, and doing the best they can under circumstances, whatever. Mm -hmm. And with the grace to give the whole hotel personnel who made sure they washed their clothes and made sure yeah. that their room was clean and made sure that they had their food and make sure they were safe. Give him a tip. He didn't have mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. That's and not a little tip. That was not a little tip. Oh, no. <laughs> that was no, no. Uh, and then show that class, you know, and then show that concern for your fellow humans like they did both mm -hmm. the males and the females. Mm -hmm. I've trained both now. Um, and one of them was assistant coach on the Storm this year to help them win that championship. But, um, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, they all let the mm -hmm. world know we are more than basketball people. Mm -hmm. And athletes of any sport, is more, we're more than athletes. We're humans too. Right. And we're contributing to this world and we want the world to be a better place. We want the people who come to see us play, when they go home, we want them to be happy too. Mm -hmm. You know, if we made them, we entertain them a little while, because that's yeah. our job. We make the, the difficult look easy, because that's mm -hmm. our job. You know, that's okay. You know, um, that's what we're here for. That's what my yeah. dad just said to me. My dad just said, that's what I'm here for, you know? Yeah. Thank you. No, it's okay. Thank you. No, thank you. Because I, I really think that we need to honor you and, and give you your flowers as well right now, you know, in this moment. So thank you. Thank you. Make sure you tell your dad I say, hey. Oh, yeah. We, uh, no, we definitely going to have to get you on with, with, uh, <laughs> with me, with me and him. Together. Yeah, <laughs> we're going we to we set that up very soon. Definitely. For okay. his... Uh, for his The Truth and Walter Berry podcast. So we definitely going to do that There you go, too. there you go. Yeah. All right. And All it, right, you well, know, it won't be time, but, you know, maybe I'll see if I can get Jelly on. Yeah, yeah. We love we'll, that. Just, you know, give him time, though. Give him time. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, no rush. He ain't ready yet. Yeah. All right. My boy, that's my boy, though. That's my, that's my dog right there. That's, that's my dude right there, man. He, he going to be all right. They're going to be all right. They're going to yeah. be all right. 
Yeah. <laughs> we uh, all are, you know. Get out there and, and vote and and keep safe. Practice safety guidelines. I know it's crazy with COVID. We don't know what's going to happen. Every day is a different story, but we all going to be all right. Yeah, we going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you all enjoy right. yourself in that L.A. weather. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's going to be hot today, too. I got to go see I'm my really... grandkids. It's going to be 100 degrees where they are. It's only in the 80s here. Oh, uh, wow. We're going to jump in the pool. We're going to go swimming. <laughs> uh, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.